0: Hallelujah. I just love coming to church and hearing these guys and gals sing and worship the Lord. Isn't it beautiful? Amen. Hallelujah. A little taste of heaven, right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Just just sit and receive the Spirit of the Lord here right now. Thank you, Lord, for coming and visiting us, warming our hearts, giving us comfort knowing that you're in charge of our lives, that we look to you for all of our situations and problems, and know that you are a God that works on our behalf, even when we don't see it, we know you're working behind the scenes, and so Father, I thank you that you give us comfort knowing that we trust in you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our might, in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah, amen, Amen. hallelujah. You know, when I first got saved, I was uh, in a motor home, (laughs) and we were doing some shady business, and... uh, Well, I didn't know the Lord at the time, and so I was kind of tricked into believing that we could do this event and that people would, you know, flock to us because I was the organizer. And it flopped, but uh, I met a lot of movie stars and people and things and saw a lot of stuff that I realized that's not the way to go. (laughs) So when everything crashed, I was in the motorhome and I said, Lord, if you can make anything out of my life, you can take it now. And... He came, and He captured me. He just captured my heart, and I realized that He knew me. He uh, was my Father, and I belonged to Him, and He gave me such peace that every time I pray, that same peace comes upon people. You know, what you receive is what you can give. Amen. Amen? So what you have, what you need, get it from God, and you can give it to others. Amen? So today, we're going to continue on our message on Walking in God's calling in 2024. Don't you want to be doing that? Don't you want to be doing what God has called you to do? Not doing your own thing. Amen? We have, we have some renegade Christians sometimes. They do. I'm doing my own thing. You know, I don't care what the Bible <laughs> says, but this is me. And God knows my heart, and that's really the problem. God knows your heart, and you're not following him. <laughs> so let's pray so that you guys don't throw anything at me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Father, thank you for bringing us together today, and I ask you just to guide my mouth and my heart to speak your words to your people, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, God has a special calling on your life. He has a general calling that all would be saved and conformed into his image and to serve him, but also there's a specific individual calling that he has for you. There's no spare parts in the kingdom of God. God didn't create everybody and go like, well, let do, I don't know what I'm going to do with this guy. I just put him aside. You know how, like, when you build a bicycle or a dresser, and you come to the end and you have parts that you haven't used before, it's just like, what do I do with these? I well, we don't need them. No, God. God needs every one of us to do what He's called us to do. And if you don't fulfill it, He's got to get somebody else to do that. So I, I want to. We have a, 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 a slide here. See, the way things work here at New Heart Foursquare Church is Marianne, who is the Graphics Arts Design Coordinator, uh, Projection Artist, uh, asked me, like, in November, what's going to be the theme for the New Year's Eve service? And I go, I don't know. We're in November. You're talking about December, almost January. She said, well, could you hurry up and pray about it because we need something to do for the slide. I said, okay, well, give me a, give me a minute here. And so I go and I pray, and I got this, you know, walk in God's calling for 2024. But now, me being very diplomatic, when I saw the slide, I said, "Um, "Honey, sweetie, um, I'm talking about walking in God." And I thought it'd be something like this, you know, walking. You know, all I see is a bunch of cars. How how am I how am I going to tie that in? And she said, "Well, honey, sweetie." Let's go back to the slide. She said, do you notice this is Covina, downtown Covina, in 1950? That's the year you were born. Who would have ever thought that a boy born in Torrance, California, spent all of his time at the beach, would be supplanted here into Covina, pastoring a church, and chaplain, chaplain at the Covina Police Department? Who would have thunk it, right? How, how did God get me out of there brought me here to be a pastor to you for a treasure to me because I love you all and I have a responsibility to teach you the Word of God, to grow you up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, to help you through all the things that you're going through like a good shepherd. I consider it an honor and a privilege, but God knew where I was when I was all crazy all over the place. He brought me back and put me exactly where He wanted me to be. In 1950, He knew about it. I didn't know about it. I always loved the Lord. I mean, I went to church And I was an altar boy, and I used to ride my bike for like two or three miles all the way at 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, 5.30 to get there at 6 o'clock every day, Monday through Friday, not every week. But, you know, that's dedication, isn't it? While my parents were sleeping, but I didn't care. I wanted to serve the Lord. But I didn't know that I was going to pastor until I got saved and then I started reading the Bible, and I said, I need to teach. This is great. This is awesome news. This is, you know, the good news of the gospel. It's awesome. I need to teach it to others. And God revealed it to me, and so then I'm here doing that. Praise the Lord. So um, you never know where your, your destination is going to be. You don't know how God is going to call you to a certain purpose. But we're going to uh, explore that today. You ready to explore that so you can get a, a more accurate calling on your life? So uh, in, as a recap the three levels of calling that we talked about a couple of weeks ago is you were called out of darkness, you were called to be conformed into his image, and you were called to serve. The first slide is 2 Timothy 1.9, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling and not according to your works or your good looks or anything else, amen, not, to your, not according to your smarts because he takes the foolish things and makes them wise. But according to His own purpose and grace, which He has given to us in Christ Jesus, before time began, do you know He called you out before time began? In fact, church—the definition of church—if we can look at it, ecclesia means the called-out ones, called out of darkness, called out of the world, called out of Egypt into His marvelous uh, land, marvelous uh, possession. Amen, and. Called out of your houses, called out of your comfort zone, called, you know, uh, internet is good, but in the house of the Lord is better, is it not? Called out, call you out, come on out to the house of the Lord. So we are the called out ones. And then he wants to conform us in uh, Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Some of us didn't really think that we could ever be called, didn't know that we could ever be conformed into his image. But yet God knew that he, he, the Bible says he knows those that are his. He knew you when you were wild and crazy, and he said, oh, I'm not moved by that. I know that he's going to accept the Lord, just like Ashley knew her father was going to accept the Lord. She had that conviction in her heart. God knows us and knows that we'll come into uh, his, his good pleasure. And then the last thing is in Romans 2, 5, and 6, so we be many... Are one body in Christ. Did you know that we are one body in Christ? You can't say, I'm the body of Christ. No, you're not the body of Christ. You're a member of the body of Christ, right? If you see my arm running down the street, you don't go, oh, there's Pastor Chuck. No, that's, that's a body. Amen. That's a part of the body. And we have to all come together to make one body. Let's look at this. Uh, and individually, members of one another. So if one hurts, we all hurt right? I agree. When you guys are going through stuff, it grieves me. It hurts me. I pray for you. I say, we got to get through this. And I've seen God deliver and come miraculously uh, and and help you. Having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So there's, uh, everybody has talents, gifts, and desires that God has given to us. Amen? For instance, uh, uh, these guys that laid the carpet out here, they, it was back-breaking work. It was tedious work. It was, you know, I would have been t- I'm, I was tired just watching them, you know. But they enjoyed it. They were having a good time. Now that's a profession I really wouldn't want to be in. Okay. Another profession I wouldn't want to be in is dentistry. Who who would want to put their hands in somebody's mouth all day long? Connie, I'm sorry. Anybody that's doing that, praise God. Amen. God has gifted you for that. Praise this holy name. Our dentist, our first dentist, uh, I was talking to him. I said, What, what possessed you? I mean, what, uh, <laughs> what was your motivation to becoming a dentist? He said, Well, I, I was either going to be in dentistry or he said another profession. I can't remember what it was. And he said, He saw a vision of two hands reaching out, God's hands, white hands, and says, I want to use your hands for dentistry. And so he became a dentist. So God really uses us you know, in our gifts and our callings. And so what one person is, uh, you know, can't do, the other person can gladly do. In fact, these guys that did the carpets, I said, have you been doing this all your life? He says, yes. He said, I tried to do something else, but it just didn't work. I didn't feel happy. But I'm happy doing this. I go, praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> I'm happy just preaching. Praise God. So. In slide 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 15, it says, "For Even so, the body is not made of one part, but of many. The foot can't say, I'm the foot, and I don't uh, need to pay attention to the body. No, you need to. you need your feet, you need your hands, you need your ears, you need everything. So look at this in verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, parts of the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would they be? In other words... God puts us in the body, in the church body, to complement and to make a church happen successfully. Amen. He has placed you here with your gifts and talents to build us up, build the church up so that we can be an outreach, so that we can be a, a, a place of people that people can come and find refuge, find help, and find victory in their lives. He's using us. We can't put on these events all by ourselves. We have to have all everybody participating. We can't even do the um, the, the the what is it, Valentine's dinner, just us. We need people to sing. We need people to serve. We need uh, all kinds of people to set up the tables. We all have to come together to make it happen. And I get such joy with some of these events. After I start to walk away and I look at everybody taking care of things, you know, sometimes we have the tents and the tables we have to put aside, I go, everybody's working together. I'm so happy. I go, Lord, this is it. This is what you wanted. You wanted people to work together, not just come to church and then walk home and go, like, oh, that was a great service, praise God. I don't know who's cleaning up, but, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> so he puts us in a place where you can serve. I remember Bindi, she got, uh, she's in the place. She's been in three plays. But in her former church they kicked her out. They said you can't be in the play. We don't want you in the play. But she came here and she's flourishing. And her own gifts of doing arts and crafts, now she does it for the children's church every fifth Sunday of the year. And she's happy doing it. She's, we don't have to pull her, you know, you know, pull her in just she's I wonder when's the next first uh, fifth Sunday. And she already has planned in her mind what she's going to do. It's, it's her gifting being used. Praise God. We had four people that were in the play for the first time in their lives. I'm looking at uh, the wise men over here, um, Larry, you know. He was up there. He, he said he was ready to do the lip sync, but they got called away for a family outing. But he was ready to do it. Amen. I'm still trying. Veronica's going to do the lip sync. I'm trying to convince Ashley to do the lip sync. Pull her out of her comfort zone. Come out in Jesus' name. <laughs> Christian, he's got a song he's going to do. First time ever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Even our own little angel, Corinne Ruiz, she got a song. Amen. <laughs> you know, where do you get these people? We train them, we bring them up <laughs> into, into you know, a, a good place. So I, I can remember when I first got saved, and uh, I was learning how to believe God for finances. You know, I married the lovely and beautiful Marianne, and somehow we got pregnant on the first month. I don't know how that happened. Just some kind of great prayer meeting, and voila. And I go, how could that happen so fast? We didn't even get a chance to get to know each other, you know. And so, uh, so she, had, she stopped working so she could take care of Charles at home. And so I was the sole breadwinner, but not really that much of a breadwinner. So we kind of struggled in the beginning. So I had to learn how to believe God for finances that we didn't make on our own because He provides for us, and He has the cattle on a thousand hills, the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. I could draw from His provision and bring uh, monies into our possession, and it, it worked every month. God came through. So uh, after a while, I said, "Lord, I need You to show me a church where I can, you know, be, where I can, you know, flourish." And so. Someone told me about a church in Pasadena, and I went there, and I said, oh, this is a beautiful church. I love it. Praise and worship. The Word of God is so rich, and Pastor Gary George, if you remember him, big, tall guy, he'd come, and he'd, first day in the church, gave me this big hug. i go, what kind of church is this, anyway? I don't know. (laughs) We can't do that nowadays. We can't hug people like that, that we don't know. We have to be careful, because, you know, life's changed. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't handle. But so, I, I was there. And I went the first month, I mean, I, I went there, and then I didn't go back for a month. And I started slipping into darkness, you know, into my old ways. And I said, oh, Lord, I need to get back. Now, now I, I need to look around and see what kind of church I could go to. And the Lord very sternly told me, he said, you asked for a church. I showed you a church. What do you need to look around for? Oh, my gosh. All right. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, most people don't get that clear of a picture, but God had prepared me because all the time that I was believing God for finances in my own home, and even in the work that I've done in getting people out of financial debt, He brought me to a church that was $103,000 in debt. Holy cow. I said, Lord, why did you bring me here? To get them out of it. Okay, so anyway, that took only a year, and I saw God work in our behalf because He prepared you. He prepared me for that. Amen? So he prepares you. Whatever you're going through, he prepares you so that you can be a blessing to where you're at. Glory to God. So let's look at this in Psalms, and we're going to get now to your personal. Uh, don't you want to know where you, God wants you? Don't you want to know exactly what his plan and purposes is? For, it's not that hard. Once we get done, you're going to go, okay, I know. I know what it is. Okay, Psalms 139, 16 says, my, your eyes saw my substance being yet formed or unformed, and in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. This is a poetic way of saying God already knows what your life is supposed to be, and he wrote a book about it. You have a free will, but he wants you to accomplish what he has purposed in your life. He ar- Can I say it in this way? He already saw your movie. <laughs> he already saw the beginning and the end. He knows what's going to happen in your life, and he's trying to guide and direct you to that place. And, you know, we start off, we go this way and that way and maybe this way and... And then finally, he gets you to the place where you start getting a a clear path into the way he wants you to go. So, but the way you do it is you follow what God has put in your heart to do, what you like doing, what's pleasurable to you, what your talents are, what your gifts are. You know, the, the, the carpet guy said, some people don't like doing this, but I love doing this. And what do you love doing? It's not an effort when you do what you like to do, praise the Lord. And so what you do is you put more of him in you, and the Bible says your gift will make room for you. When I first started at the church, I wanted to preach. I was sitting there in the front row, and I'm going, like, I want to preach. And I heard all this messages, and I'm going, like, I want to go and preach. I need to, I need to express myself. Sit down, little child. <laughs> you go teach the children's church, you know. I'm going to teach you some things. And so it was a process. It took year after year after year. And then even so, then finally I got a church of my own, in, um, in, right down the street, really, a Filipino church, and then finally we came here at uh, New Heart. And so it, it's a process. It took like, you know, 20 years to get to where I'm at right now. But guess what? All the messages that I learned, all the lessons that I learned all these years, I, I give to you. I share it with you so that you can shorten the time in which you have to overcome situations. You know, my son says, Dad, you tell me stuff that uh, gets me through, got me through college, and my college people, they're still struggling with it, but you told me a couple of little tricks and ways of, to believe God, and I got through it. Like, one of the ways is, you know, when you have harsh um, employers, just wait it out, you know? Amen. Let the grace of God, you know, be with you. We had, Marianne has a friend that keeps calling and says, I don't know, I need some help in my love walk because, you know, my ex-husband and their wives and... You know, oh my sister, I just can't walk in love, and I'm going like, do they not know the basics of the Bible? Okay, forgive, and you shall be forgiven. What? Do you, that's uno number one, right? The guy that was forgiven a million dollars, and then he went and had a guy that owed him a hundred dollars, and he put him in jail. God said, what is? This is not right. You know, how many sins have we been forgiven? How many misgivings? How many things that we have done wrong, and yet we can't forgive others that wrong us? No, you gotta. Let it go. If you want to have the flow of God in your life, let it go, and you'll see God work in your life in a great way. So now, let me, let me share some individuals in the Bible, in alphabetical or in um, chronological order. Remember, God appeared to Abraham, and he said to him, I have made you a father of many nations. Not will make you, I have made you. God knows the beginning from the end. He knows where he wants to take you. I have, in my mind, and in, you know, the order of time, I have made you this. Now I've got to get you there. Praise the Lord. So Abraham tried to do it in his own strength, did he not? He went into, uh, not Sarah, but Sarah's handmaiden. And God said, no, that's not it. That's not the right one, you know. So then we have Ishmael. That wasn't the son of the promise. The son of the promise was Isaac. So they waited 25 years until he finally got strength. And let's look at this thing here. Uh, the next one I think should be um, if it's there. Yes, here's this process. He considered not his own body now dead, and he staggered not at the promise of God, but became fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. He said, "You know, I know. Okay, God, this is where you want me to be—a father of many nations. But my body's dead. But I'm not going to consider that. I'm not going to stagger at what this possibly could do could be." I'm not staggering at the promise of God, but I'm becoming fully persuaded that what you have promised, you're able also to perform. That's what you have to believe in your own life, that what God has put in your heart, he's going to accomplish it. I wanted to preach. I wanted to pastor. I have a love for people, and it took me 20 years to get there, but I didn't give up. God gave Joseph a dream that he was going to be over uh, his family, his father, and his brothers, and he went into prison, and then he went into Potter's house, and he he, he was, like, left and forgotten, but God came and fulfilled the promise that he gave him. Sometimes people feel, I'm in prison, I don't know, this is, I'm at this job, I'm in this situation, I can't get out of it. Just be patient, let God work in your heart. You know, um, David, King David, he had uh, pride in his heart. You know, he, he, uh, he needed to be um, submitted to Saul. So he learned how to be submitted so that he could be submitted and have a heart towards God. So so did Joseph. Joseph had pride. He told his brothers, guess what, y'all? <laughs> y'all are going to bow down before me. Amen? Can I get an amen out there? No, brothers said, no, they hated him even the more. And he told them a second time. He said, hey, you know what? <laughs> I had that dream again. <laughs> y'all going to bow. And my dad, too. And they said, okay, yeah. We're going to see about that. And they threw him down a well, right? So uh, Let's look at this going down in chronological order. Samson, this is, this is amazing. Uh, when her son, in Judges 13, when her son was born, they named him Samson, and the Lord blessed him, and he grew up. Now look at this in verse 25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him up whenever he visited the parade grounds of the army of the tribe of Dan. What was that? He was going to be a, a warrior. He was going to be... Uh, Caused to defeat the Philistines, so every time he got into the army zone, the war zone, the spirit of the Lord stirred him up. Oh, I want to do that. I, I, I feel like I can do that. Whatever you're doing, you feel like God is stirring you up. That's what you're supposed to do. That's where you're supposed to go. We had one lady that came to the church a couple of weeks ago. She said, "I can see myself teaching children's church at this church." The Lord was stirring him up. Amen. I know. Uh, not to mention any names, but people are, are are rising to the occasion saying, I can do this, Pastor. I can do this. So we're, we're giving them a uh, license to do it. So, and then let's look at Jeremiah 20, verse 7 and 9. Uh, they were, you know, Jeremiah, he was the, the weeping prophet. You know, he makes uh, prophecies, and the people said, no, we, that's bad. Yeah, that's a bad prophecy. Do you have any good prophecies in there? <laughs> Why are we going to be destroyed? Why are we going to be punished? Can you give me some? And so he says, um, he says, I, I, I can't quit. I, I can't quit. For if I say I'll never again mention the Lord, never more speak in his name, then his word in my heart is like what? Fire shut up in my bones. And I can't hold it in. You can't hold in what you know when you see somebody struggling and needing help. You can't help but tell them, you know, God is good. God will help you out of this. God will help you. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. Amen? I, I like that movie, Field uh, Field of Dreams where this guy was a doctor, and he always wanted to be a professional baseball player. And so they had, you know, this fantasy thing where they were able to build a stadium, and people from old would come in, old baseball players, and they would play together. But if you crossed the line, the, f- the foul line, and you went into the stands, you would lose the dream. So here he is, a baseball pitcher, and he's pitching, and he's in his f- uh, field of dreams, and one of the young boys falls off the uh, benches, and he, he has to s- decide, am I going to go help the boy, or am I going to keep my dream of playing baseball? And guess what he did? Anybody know? Help the boy. He went and helped the boy out. So that dream you know, was more powerful, more stronger than his dream to uh, play baseball. You know, I had a, we have a friend. I was going to show the picture here that a guy used to play professional baseball for the Dodgers, uh, John Shelby, and we became good friends. And because I always wanted to play baseball, he always wanted to be a preacher. Hallelujah! <laughs> so we related to each other. He said he'd be in center field. And he'd be quoting Psalms, you know, because <laughs> you have a lot of dead time. But he came to the church and he preached a few times. And he's he's left now. He's gone to Florida. But we, you know, my dream of preaching far outweighed my dream of playing baseball. His dream of playing baseball far outweighed his dream of preaching. So let's look at another guy, another person. No, I guess, oh, yeah, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul in Galatians 1, 15 through 16. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. To me, this is amazing scripture. Paul was crucifying Christians, but he said, before I was born, Christ formed in me so that he knew that I would preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. How did that happen? He circumvented his desire and what he wanted to do in his own mind and said, "I, Paul, I, put, I ordained you to do something. God has ordained you to do something. God has ordained you to move ahead. That's why we push people ahead. Come on, come on, do, do something. You know, uh, do lip sync. Uh, do be in the play. Uh, go out and witness. Go out and do things. Praise the Lord. Now, for instance, if, if, has any of you ever gone out to eat with Richard Espinoza or even spent any other time with him? Well, you can't be shy around Richard, okay? You know, the, you, you know like, fire's shut up in my bones. There's fire shut up in his bones. He cannot stop talking about the Lord. Amen. We went to Kaiser the other day. I had to pick up a prescription, and they said it's not ready. You have to wait 20 minutes in the lobby. I go, okay. So we sat there in, by the front door, and everybody that came by, God bless you. You know, the Lord is with you. Amen. <laughs> Hello, kind sir. Be a blessing where you're at. You know, I said, can can you can you? <laughs> I know. Mary Ann's mom, she said, I would not like being with somebody like that, because she likes to be like, don't touch, don't talk, you know, just, be. <laughs> don't bother the people, <laughs> but he'll bring you out of your comfort zone, amen? So I just sit there a while, it's like a show for me, praise the Lord, go ahead, <laughs> when you pick one off, we'll, we'll get them together. <laughs> so he, he finally found a girl that was sitting down, and <laughs> went over and talked to him, and so we. You know, we conversed and we show we... And, and you know, I, I'm always on the lookout for chances to witness. Can I tell you one? Yes. Yeah. We, we, we bought a washing machine. It's really the washing machine from hell. I mean, this thing... <laughs> this thing made noises that I never thought could be made. It was like... <laughs> I, I, I videoed, videoed it and sent it to the company. They go, oh, no, that's, that's not right. I go, can you send me another one? And they go, okay. So they sent me another one. And so I was with the delivery person. I, she was getting my information, and she was asking me everything. What's your name, your address, order number, all that. So I, can I ask you a question? She goes, I go, um, are you a Christian lady? She goes, uh, well, I'm Catholic. I go, well, that's good. So we talked some more, and I go, can I ask you another question? She goes, yeah. I go, if you died today, would you go to heaven? She goes, I don't know, because i got a lot of sins. I go... I go, you know, guess what? Jesus paid the price for all your sins. He wiped them away. You can be holy and blameless in his sight. Amen. And I paused a little bit. I go, do you? I, I didn't know if she was there or not still. I go, are you okay? She goes, I'm crying right now. Yeah. I go, oh, really? I go, do you want to invite Jesus into your heart and get forgiveness of your sins? She said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. And so we prayed. And she, she you know, You could tell she was touched. She said, "I just want to thank you because I know uh, it means a lot to you, and it means a lot to a lot of my family that have been praying for me that I accept the Lord." And I just want to thank you. And I said, "Praise the Lord!" And I hung up. And my wife, she was watching, listening. She goes, "That was beautiful." And I said, "Yes. How beautiful are the feet of those who spread the gospel to others?" Amen. Let your feet be beautiful. Okay. So let's look at this. You want ready for an action plan? How can you walk with... Because whatever God has called you to do, your gifting, you have to work on your, your, your character, your Christian character. How can He promote you if you're, you know, miserable? One <laughs> when, when, when minister said, uh, that, you know, he knew the Lord had, had taught him to, or put in his heart to speak to thousands, and he only had hundreds. And he said, Lord, what, what's the problem here? He goes, well, if uh, I put you in front of thousands with your temper... You're probably going to punch somebody out, and there goes the whole ministry. So he had to work him. (laughs) Okay, we're going to get to that. Okay, here we go. So here's what you have to do. Here's the action plan. Ephesians 4 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy, walk worthy of the Lord, and the vocation wherewith you are called. What's it mean to be a prisoner? A prisoner means that you're, you have to do what they tell you to do. You're a slave. You're, you're captive. But Paul was um, voluntarily captured to be a slave unto righteousness, having to do the right thing. You ever want to do the wrong thing and you go, I can't do that. I'm a Christian. God's watching me. He put it in my heart. I don't, I don't feel like I can do that. You're a slave unto righteousness. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I beseech you. I beg you. I, I uh, adjure you. Walk worthy of the Lord. How? With all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. This doesn't seem like a really good message, does it? Who wants to be lowly and meek and longsuffering and forbearing? That's what Christ has called us to do. In your job, in your house, with your kids, with your neighbors, right? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring, eager. How many times have you had to apologize to people that didn't deserve your apology? How many times do you have to go and make peace with somebody? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So, lowliness and meekness is not a bad uh, feature. In fact, Moses was considered the meekest of all men. What did that mean? Not that he was weak, but he was meek, in other words, humble to receive what the Lord had for him, an open heart, a heart that's ready to receive from the Lord. Forbearing or long-suffering. What is long-suffering? Long-suffering. Is it a timetable? No, it's an attitude. I am long-suffering. I am putting up with whatever and whenever things go my, don't go my way, I am long-suffering through it. I put up with it. I am patient. I am kind. Forbearing one another in love. Forbearing means it's it's bearing on you. You know, it's forbearing. But you do it in love, keeping the unity of the Spirit. This is one body and one spirit, even as you're called, and one hope of your calling. Okay, here we go. Action plan. Ready? You guys want to know, Pastor, how can I be lowly and meek and forbearing? Okay, here we go. We got eight things, real quick. How do you respond to persecution? Blessed are they. That revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Oh, persecution, hallelujah. I I can rejoice in that. They're they're giving me a hard time on my job. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. (laughs) Amen. All right. Number two, do you stay out of anger? I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of hell fire. Any, you call anybody a fool? You ever say bad things about people? You're in danger of hell fire. That's what he said. That's, Jesus said that. Don't be angry. Be angry, but sin not. Number three, do you reconcile with your brother? That means you have to go to them. It says, if, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and they remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. God said, listen, if you're the stronger one, you bear the infirmities of the weak. You go out and you make peace with that person, even if they don't deserve it. You're the one that's supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be like the Lord, be perfect, be mature, right? This is how you grow. This is how you expand your horizons. This is how you exercise your gifts in the world. How can he promote you if you're going to be in charge of the kitchen and you, 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 you know, give everybody a hard time and you shoo them out? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Get out of my kitchen. I don't want anybody in here. Okay. <laughs> Do you exercise forgiveness? This is a key one right here. Peter came to Jesus and said, well, Lord, how many times do we have to forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? He said, no, I say seven times, 70. That means don't even count. You can't even count the times. Because if you don't, the Bible says that the tormentor will come and and, and torment you. Here on earth, if you have sickness and disease that are in your body and you have unforgiveness, that's what's causing it. The unforgiveness, you have toxic emotions and, and things on the inside of you. The nurse says, yes, that's what it is. We have to be free of all that. Let it go, baby. Let it go. You know, because if you start keeping track, I've got a big long list of things that I could be upset about. But I need to throw that thing away. Amen? I told you about the time that I was in a board meeting and this lady, they were promoting her ministry. And she had actually hijinked, hijacked about $140, $1,400 from our ministry for me. And they're promoting her in this ministry. Oh, you got to give to this ministry. You know, this is a great ministry and everything. And I went to her, I go like, yeah, but what about the $1,400? She goes, well, we needed it. I go, you needed it? What do you mean you needed it? It was designated for me. What are you talking about? You needed it. She goes, well, we just, she's an accountant. She has an accounting business, but she also had a woman's uh, Uh, home that she financed. And so I said, you know what? Uh, You didn't take it from me. I'm giving it to you. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So I reaped the benefit. And it took me a little while every time I saw her name or saw the the ministry. I had to say to myself, I gave to that ministry. You know, I blessed them. I hope they do well. They use my money to do things. That was a good offering that I gave. Praise the Lord. I, I remember Smith Wigglesworth, When he was walking down the street, somebody pickpocketed his wallet and started running off. And he started running after him and said, you didn't take my wallet. I gave it to you. (laughs) (laughs) So you turn. Okay, number five. Do you turn the other cheek and avoid retaliation? But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, give him your left also. Wow. That's hard to do. Number six. Do you go the extra mile? If any wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand, or your, over your coat as well, offer him your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go two. So you know, sometimes we think we do all that. We're so good, we do all these kinds of things. But we have a friend that really went the extra mile, and uh, she does our catering with her son here. All the things that we have, uh, Barbara Thomason, her son—I mean, her husband—played Herod, and the play. And so she told me the Lord put in her heart to make two hundred bags of um, food for the homeless. Yeah. I said, "You got to be kidding me! Let me see." I, I went to her house. I go, "Is that two hundred bags?" Huh? You know, if it was my wife that told me that, I said, no, "I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> that can't be of the Lord." You know, two hundred. They had to go out and find. 200 homeless people in Covina, Azusa, Pomona, Irwindale. Wow. They, over railroad tracks, they had to find them. Do you, do, you know, do you have any friends? You know, we want to give this, you know, bag. Out. So what did they give them? Let's look at it. They gave them so, a nice little box lunch. You all getting hungry now. I know it's 12 o'clock and everything. <laughs> nice chicken and mashed potatoes, green beans, you know, a roll and some uh, chocolate chip cookies. Uh, a towel, I mean, a, a, what do they call that, blanket, T- blanket and some socks. Blanket. Now, isn't that a g- and they were, the, the, the homeless people were crying, you know, we just, we wanted to let you know that God loves you, praise the Lord. Oh, so, wow. that with Dr. Ryan saying that we should move out ahead, you know, the, that spirit gets on you, you know, you see somebody demonstrate that. So, the kid, the guys are doing the carpet here, and it was getting around 12 o'clock, I said, so, oh, I'm going to go down the subway and get me a meatball sandwich. Hallelujah. Then I thought to myself, I'm going to go eat, and these guys are working, and they don't have any food. So what, what did the Lord tell me to do? I am some lunch. So I said, what do you guys want? Took their orders and brought them lunch. And then after lunch, I go, you know what? I'm stuck now. <laughs> They're going to be here another two days. <laughs> what am I going to do? Do I have to do this every, every, uh, every day? Well, I'm supposed to go the extra mile, Right. So the next day, I took him and I got him some Mexican food. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm still stuck. I got one more day. I go, okay. I'll tell you what. I'm going to make you some spaghetti, Okay. So I made him some some spaghetti. Then on the last day, they said, well, we're going to treat you. My wife's going to make some burritos for you, and so we'll bring it to you. So praise God. I went the extra mile. I felt good. It was hard, because I'm going like, I already paid these guys a lot of money. What am I doing? Now I'm feeding them too? I went the extra mile, praise the Lord okay, last two things, you ready? are you okay? you know I, I hate to, you know tell you all these things you have to do, it kind of reminds me of my son when he was about seven or eight years old, we, we sat him down and we said you know Charles, let's look at the scriptures here, it says honor your father and your mother and it'll be well with you and you have a long life children, obey your parents we had all these scriptures that we were telling him and he started crying I go, what are you crying about? He says, You guys are teaming up on me. <laughs> There's two against one. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Okay, the last two. Do you love and pray for your enemies? I tell you, love your enemies. Hallelujah. I love. You got any enemies? Love them. Love them up. And pray for those who persecute you. And the last one are you living? By the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do we have any mature Christians out there? Amen. Ready to do your calling in life? Glory to God. Amen. Let's shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for these that are here. I thank you that, Lord God, that you gave me a word for them so that they can fulfill all the destiny that you have for them that they may fulfill all the plans that you've purposed in your heart and put in their heart to do on this earth. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, Amen. amen.